It's a little exciting when the children are fighting, but they've got to abide by the playground rules. Hey, everybody. We're back. Welcome to the playground rules, where the only rules is that there are no rules. And the other rule is that we try to keep it under an hour. <laughs> my name is Herb, and I'm joined, as always, by my very good friend, Arik. Hey, man. How are uh, you, Arik? I'm good. If I, I want to point out to the, I know you already know this, but I want to point out to the listeners that if I sound different uh, this week, it's because I got a different mic, and uh, I, I don't really know how to use it yet, so it, 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 I, I'm hoping this sounds all right, but if it doesn't, I just want to apologize to everybody. I'm working on it. I love that you think that anyone watch it, listens to this closely enough to notice that. Oh, I don't know, man. Like, do you ever listen to stuff? Like, I can tell when people get like, like, especially like, um, if I find a new podcast that like has a lot of episodes, uh-huh. uh, and I'm gonna like, if one of, it's one of the ones where I feel like I'm gonna start at the beginning. I will often listen to like a few minutes of the most recent episode just to see if they like improved, like. Or if their equipment sounds better, like sure. if, if the first one sounds pretty rough, I'll be like, okay, am I in for just like a rough journey forever? Um, like I, I was listening to this uh, one podcast. I'm not going to name it because I don't like it. And uh, <laughs> and the the topic was interesting to me, but the first episode was so boring, like the way that uh, it was being delivered. And I was like, okay, well, I, you know, I've experienced that before. It's hard. You know, we if we went back and listened to our first episode, we probably sound pretty rough. I'll go it listen to the most recent one. Incredibly rough. Take my word for it. Yeah. So this 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 podcast has like a lot of episodes. So I was like, okay, I'm going on for years. I'm like, I'll, I'll go listen to the most recent one. It was exactly the same and in no ways better. And I, I, it's sort of a transition, but I, it's late people. So I have goofy things to say. I do not understand people who continue to do something and don't get any better at it. Like that wow. seems to defy logic. Ayn Rand over here. Wait, is that an, is that a objectivism thing? I don't know. It just seems harsh. Like some people plateau. Um, right. But why? I just don't. It seems like if you're uh, like, for example, um, 10, 20 years ago, 20 years ago, damn, uh, there were like four uh, online comic strips that I was quite fond of. Sure. Right. And uh, two of them I ended up continuing reading for uh, until pretty recently. And the other two I kind of lost along the way. And at some point, maybe 10 years ago, I was like, man the art in both of the ones I still read has gotten so much better. It's like the art from when I first started reading it in 1998 or whatever was pretty awful. And is and one of them like, Penny Arcade? One of them is Penny Arcade. Yeah, Cause that, and that art style like dramatically, improved. dramatically. Yeah. Like if you go look at the, I don't really want listen to read it much anymore, but if you go back to the first one and then you go to the one now, like they are night and day, right? This guy went from being a pretty mediocre artist to being truly, I think a phenomenal artist. Uh, and then the two other ones, I was like, at some point I was like, Oh, I haven't read those in a while. I'm going to go look and see uh, how they're doing. And I went, and it was, it was like 10 years later, and I swear to you, the art looks exactly the same. It is was not good then, and it's not good now. And I understand not everyone has as much talent as art, but like if you do something every day, how do you not get any better? Yeah. Like, how do you not? How do you not? I just don't. I'm not, that's crazy to me. I see what I you're saying. I would stop. I see what you're saying. Um, cool. You said you want to talk about some non-podcast uh, stuff. Is that what you want us to talk about? No, no. That was all crazy off the top of my head. Uh, I just want to say that, first of all, like I said, it was semi-basketball relating. Did you see that uh, Tony Romo won some golf tournament and Charles Barkley came in last place? Oh, wow. No, I didn't see that. Was it a celebrity <laughs> tournament? 
Yeah, yeah. Steph Curry also did not play super well. Uh, John Smoltz was there. So let's see. Steph Curry was tied for 11th with a retired Marine war hero. Uh, actor Jack Wagner, Green Bay quarter, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, Ray Romano, Larry the Cable Guy, and Charles Barkley, who finished alone in last with minus 93 points. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, in uh, in other news, what do I have for news? Oh, uh, did you watch the? Uh, I didn't get to see it, but did you watch the final of the World Cup? I only watched a little bit of it, so I, I yeah, not not really. Um, Allez le bleu or uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Uh, I I do like it when teams that haven't won before win. Yeah, both of us were kind of pulling for a new country to win. Yeah, especially Croatia. Yeah. I think that would have been nice. Would have been good for them. Uh, mm. But it's it was uh, you know. I, I if the Netherlands are not in the cup, it's I, I'm not nearly as invested. Yeah, I feel happy for you know the uh, a lot of uh, coworkers of mine were very much rooting for France, uh-huh. uh, and uh, and so I'm happy for them. I didn't really have a particular rooting interest. None of the countries I feel any connection to were in the World Cup, so I was just kind of like generically hoping for uh, basically not Germany or England, and uh, and I got that, so I win. Great, great model of story. <laughs> I, I'm the real winner of the World Cup. <laughs> it's it's me. Yeah, uh, I uh, I was planning on watching it, and then I I, I went into work a little early. Um, yeah, because I was hoping that I could finish up some stuff that I had to do and like watch oh, the second half. And then I just didn't get there. I did not get to it. Okay, any yeah. anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I think that's good. How about yourself? Uh, I would like to say that I went and saw the film. Uh, Sorry to bother you. Oh, I've heard things, but I'm not sure what they are. Uh, so it's uh, uh, the directorial debut of uh, Boots Riley, an uh-huh. Oakland native, formerly of the uh, hip hop group The Coup. Yes, I loved The Coup back in the day, man. Yeah, oh. it's um, I I saw it with about six people, uh, and the reactions ran the gamut. Uh, okay, but I personally really loved it. Um, okay. So I would just want to say uh, to all the people out there, uh, if you want to see something, if you want to support like a, a, a new voice and, and see something that is very singular and uh, very creative, uh, I highly recommend checking it out. Well, let me um, ask the question, what, what, why did the, whoever liked it the least or what, what were the range of opinions? So uh, three of us unequivocally loved it. Okay. Uh, myself, our very good friend, Brian. Um, mm-hmm. Another friend of ours who I don't think you know, uh, we all loved it. Uh, our friend Garrett was <laughs> a little little more lukewarm on it, but seemed to overall enjoy it. Okay. Um, our friend Reed, I think, thought it was going to be a little bit more hip-hop than it was. Okay. Um, and then uh, my friend Leah thought it was super boring and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that is um, a gamut. Right? Yeah. It's like it kind of reminded me of like um, when like when sketch comedy troops make movies, because mm-hmm. uh, there were just so many ideas in it. Uh-huh. It was very. Um, uh, it was there. There was a lot of spinning plates, you know, and yeah. um, I, I I will even admit, despite having loved it, that not every single thing worked. But it was just so refreshing to see. I, I think we'll talk a little bit about another film that you and I both saw, Ant Man. Which I oh sure yeah. which I really enjoyed, but yeah. um, at the same time, like I've seen that movie 
now like 20 times, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They keep making the same movie. There's something really, really nice about seeing someone uh, get the chance to do something. It's like a band that just was touring forever uh, on on some material, and now they get to make a record, and so that first record just explodes with, with stuff that they've already kind of refined. And sure. someone who's had all these ideas for these this comedy stuff and is finally getting the opportunity to do them, and they're just they're just pouring over with all this stuff. Yeah, it is. It's it is cool. just like yeah, it is absolutely brimming with creativity and ideas. That's awesome. And well, I want to uh, see it. I'll see it. I didn't. Yeah. I thank you for the uh, thank you for the review. And it also, it made me. Uh, I actually was, uh, this. It made me think of a question, and and, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll lead up to the question by saying it made me think like, man, I can't wait to see what this guy does next, which is mm. one of the reasons why I would really encourage people to go see this movie and support it. Um, yeah. uh, and I was just thinking like, as, as far as the standard that you hold like a, a, a debut director to, can you think of any directors whose best film is their first film? Not, not counting people who only like made one movie. Yeah. There are some, there are some folks like that. Yeah, uh, not like night of the hunter or, or... Right, right. No, there's a, quite a few people who made one incredible film. Yeah, uh, Carnival of Souls is another good example of that. Uh, best film, first film. Uh, Toby um, Hooper, maybe. Uh, Texas Chainsaw which, Massacre. Oh yeah, because he did make a lot of other movies. Uh, I guess maybe um, the other one would be uh, um, George A. Romero. Some people probably would say. Yeah, some people might say that, but I, I personally would not agree. I think Dawn of the Dead is better than Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, uh, that is a great question. Uh, Bruce uh, Robinson, who uh, whose debut was with Nail and I. Oh yeah, although people do really like uh, how to get ahead in advertising. How to get ahead in advertising. Yeah. That movie's great, um, but I, I I would say with Nail and I is, is superior. I mean, it's like, do you count? Like, I mean, I think for example, the what is it? The harder they come, but I'm pretty. Did sure that director do anything else? That Perry Hensel did he? Did he ever? Did he make any other movies? <laughs> he, <laughs> See, did. he did. Oh no, he started to, and then he went broke before he could finish it. Uh, uh, well, Orson Welles wouldn't have been as good. Uh, no, I don't think Citizen Kane is his best movie. So, what do you think is his best movie? Uh, my personal favorite film of his is F for Fake, but I would say his best film might be. I mean, you'd get a lot of debates on that one. Like could be could be a lot of things. I mean, I, but I will say this: a lot. You of didn't people, even call his favorite movie your favorite movie of his by the correct title. F for fake. That is the correct title. It's, isn't it F is for fake? No. Nope. Okay. No, it's not. I do love that movie. It's one hundred percent definitely F for fake. I'm going to send you the link. Okay, I, I believe page. you. I believe you. Right now, you giant. Oh, but there it is, right there. <laughs> that is a great documentary. <laughs> it's such a good movie. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. That's a really good question. Uh, I, you know, I tried to look up to see if there was a list, like, you know, if people had made this list, and I, I don't see it. So now I'm like, we should make this list. Let's make it. But uh, my oh, Claude, point, Claude Lonsman probably. <laughs> but I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure there are some examples that we're not thinking of, and I apologize that some of the examples that we bring up are are pretty uh, obscure. What was Spike Lee's first movie? That's a good question. Uh, I don't think it was Do the Right Thing. So uh, I don't think it was either. But oh, you know, it was. La- uh, we're not counting shorts, right? I guess we would say that shorts don't count. It was. Was it? it was, she's got to have it. Huh. I did not know that. 
that's cool. Yeah, this would be a fun list to make. What was the like? What was the Coen Brothers' first movie? You know, uh, Blood Simple, which is excellent. That is excellent, but it's not their best. movie. It's not their best. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good one, Herb. I like it. We will get back to you, everybody. <laughs> and the reason, yeah, and again, the reason I brought it up is because uh, you think he'll do better work in the future. Yes, yeah. much like that. kind of echoing. Uh, uh, a sentiment that you uh, had earlier, uh, you know, most people worth their salt uh, improve as they go along with uh, something. And, and film directing, uh, which seems incredibly difficult, probably in many ways that we can't even comprehend, uh, directors Absolutely. tend to kind of figure it out as they go along. And yeah. uh, I really, really uh, uh, am excited at, at the thought of what, like, Boots Riley does next, because this this movie had a lot of creativity, a lot of like great energy, and uh, I really want to see. It. Yeah, again, I just want to see where it goes. Oh, uh, this list has Metropolitan by Whit Stillman, which I also disagree with. Richard Kelly's Donnie Darko, John no Huff Houston's The Maltese Falcon. That was his I first movie. Him. That's pretty yeah. good. Alex Cox Repo Man, one hundred percent agree. Oh, definitely. That's so interesting because uh, after um, after we saw. Uh, sorry to bother you. We were all kind of comparing it to different things, and the film that it most reminded me of was Repo Man. Oh, okay, cool. Me personally, know. yeah. Uh, Koyanis Katsi, but that's kind of weird because he's only made like the trilogy of those. Yeah, films. and he's kind of made the same movie a couple times. Uh, Virgin yeah. Suicide, Sophia Coppola, makes a lot of sense. <sighs> no, Virgin Suicide, it's not as good as Lost in Translation. Mm. Kicking and Screaming, that is my favorite Noah Baumbach movie. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, George Washington is by far the best David Gordon Green movie, and I don't even really like George Washington. Uh, Haosu, the Nobuhiko Obayashi film. No, don't know it. Shaun of the Dead, Edgar Wright, some people think that. Uh, not technically his first film. Oh. Iron Giant, Brad Bird. Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, that's weird. That's tough. Dean John he's... Malkovich, Spike Jones. Um, <sighs> that's complicated for a number of reasons. Yeah, um, but that's a cool list, actually. that might be his best movie because that is. Uh, oh, Twelve Angry Men is probably. I mean, I love Sidney Lumet, but I still think Twelve Angry Men is probably his best movie. Lumet, I always thought it was Lumet because I even read it. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. All right, uh, as, it, as entertaining as it must be to, for people to hear to, to listen to this, you this read a list of films, which maybe ten percent right. of the so, people so, listening to know. Like, let's move on. Oh, stop. <laughs> yeah, so should we talk about uh, the other of the three movies we, we're going to talk about on the show? Should we talk about the second one? Uh, the three movies? Yeah, we, we're definitely talking about three movies. We already talked about one. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, so the second one we should talk about quickly is uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Saw, which I am and the Wasp together. Yeah, we saw it, you, myself, and your lovely wife, uh, Daria, and my yeah. not lovely twin brother. Martin, uh, you're lovely. We love you. <laughs> we all went and saw uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and... Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was. I uh, also really enjoyed it. Very entertaining. Yeah, there were some real problems with it, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, I rewatched the first one oh. uh, since then. Since then, because I yeah, kind of I remember when I saw the first one, I didn't love it, and I was like, I wonder if I just kind of saw it in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. I only ever saw it that one time. Yeah, and I think the story in the first one is a little better. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but uh, it's not nearly as funny. Like the humor, because Paul Rudd oh, really? is just a hilarious guy, and his yes, his sense of humor comes through a lot more in this new one. Yeah, it, I mean, it is very funny. Uh, I I uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think that the the it has the same problem that a lot of the Marvel movies have, which is that it has a villain problem. Yeah, they're just the villain is awful. 
Like, oh, I could tell because you talk during movies in the theater, and uh, it was very clear that you. Uh, I talk during movies during the theater. You talk during movies in the theater all the time. Huh? Well, you don't think that's a thing? Uh, that I do that? Yeah. Huh? I'm sure I do. You are my like, chattiest friend during films. During a movie. Yeah. I don't doubt it. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I'm not upset about it. Good, good, good. Yeah, um, uh, yeah the, the, the villain isn't great. Uh, there's, there's like some like Star Trek Voyager level, like kind of like bad sci-fi. This isn't giving anything away, but one of my favorite lines was an exchange between two characters uh, when they attempt to do a science-y thing. Uh, one of them says, did you check the vectors? And the other one says, of course I did. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> my God. But, you know, uh, you don't go to a movie like that for hard sci-fi. Uh, you go to watch Paul Rudd kind of riff his way through a, a lighthearted action film. And uh, in that sense, it was uh, uh, really, really great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, uh, it made me want more, which I guess is good. Yeah. But yeah, I do, I do feel like we've seen this. We're, we are at the point of somewhat diminishing returns. It needs something. I mean, it, it, at least with this one, like some of the ones that, that have come out, you know, like Black Panther were really impactful. And I, I have high hopes for, uh, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, uh, and Black Widow. But, uh, we are starting to see like the same movie. Over and over. Yeah, especially over. in the post, like Guardians of the Galaxy age, where humor is their answer to everything. Yeah, they've dialed up the comedy a lot, and they yeah. rely a lot on like slow motion with an extremely well known like classic song. Yeah, either used ironically or or unironically. <laughs> I guess that's the only <laughs> two ways you can use it. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, uh, perfectly um... ironically. <laughs> it's like completely. I've only seen 19 of the 20 movies in the MCU. So. I'm never positive, like, when we record. I'm never like, that's for sure going to be the title of the podcast. But Perfectly Ironically is going to be the title. <laughs> <laughs> it's after hours, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. So, Do we actually yeah. have any basketball to talk about? <laughs> it, Other than Eddie? Uh, we do have a few things to talk about. Okay. And we'll get to them. Oh, we'll get to them. Okay. But first... Let's let's do the the playground rules summer basketball. No, I see. I think we should end with that. You want to end with it? Yeah, don't you think? Okay, like a um, treat for the for the, for the folks. I don't know how much of a treat it's going to be, but okay. <laughs> um, we briefly talked about uh, the Bulls uh, matching Zach Levine last week. It was at the very very end of the podcast. You have yeah. anything else you want to say about that? Uh, I mean, you know. He's he's injury prone and hasn't really developed, but I think he could still. And I have I have some hope for him. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Kermit Washington was sentenced to six years in jail. Yeah. For a charity fraud scheme. Messed uh, up. Oscar Robertson is selling his 1971 championship ring. That's so sad. So yeah, it is. But if you wanna. If you want to get that, and, or his high school basketball championship ring from '56, or his 
College Player of the Year award. Wow, this is actually really depressing. Uh, Jimmy Butler turned down the Wolves' uh, four-year, hundred million dollar offer, but as far as I can tell, it's just because he'll get a better deal. Yeah, next this year. is like this happens all the time. It's just because he'll be eligible for more money. Um, people Take are a chance on himself. Could yeah. get injured. Could have a bad year. That's true. But people people Bryce are reading Harper. a lot into it, and it's like it's what every star player is doing right now. It, it in in basketball, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jabari Parker signing with the Bulls. Uh, uh, Jabari Parker signing with the Bulls. Yeah, weird. Everything about Jabari Parker. I just I hope he stays healthy. Yeah, it it has been weird. He looked really good uh, once he started getting healthy at the end of last year. I think maybe he wants a chance to. Because he's potentially, if he gets healthy and he plays well, he could be that team's best player. And that was never going to happen in Milwaukee. Uh, right. So maybe that's what he's thinking. Um, I have a question for you. Okay. Is there any reason that people are talking so much about Colin Sexton other than that he was the first draft pick that the Cavaliers picked? Uh, ultimately in the post-LeBron era. They didn't know LeBron was leaving because he seems like a completely un... Like, like, could he turn out to be a star? Of course, anyone could, but there's nothing, you know... It's not like he's some, like, really high, really high draft pick, really promising. Like, as far as I can tell, he's a six-foot-two guard who's going to score a bit. I mean, I I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, Is he getting... Is there any reason, something I'm missing about him other than he's... I guess guess the first thing I have to say is, have people been talking about him a lot? I I haven't really caught any of that. Uh, tons of podcasts. There's stories on ESPN about him. I just feel like he's getting way more attention than a general eighth pick gets. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I guess he'll always be, he'll always be kind of his Link. his legacy will be tied into the fact that he's like yeah. <laughs> the guy that couldn't keep LeBron <laughs> in Cleveland. Um, yeah, I yeah. I would assume that's the case because uh, as far as I can tell, you know, he's he's a promising lottery talent, but otherwise, yeah, he's fine, but he's. He's not like, you know, he's not a DeAndre Ayton or a... Yeah, you know. in that context, he's kind of unremarkable. How, how yeah. much have you been watching Summer League? Uh, no, not at all. Not at all? I've just caught a little bit of a, a, a few Celtics games. Uh, the biggest takeaway is that uh, Gershon Yubiselli has actually been really phenomenal and uh, a leader. <laughs> oh, so I'm well, excited. That's cool. But speaking of, before we leave the LeBron stuff, uh, did you see that... That some guy in L.A. who paints murals painted a mural of LeBron and like and it got vandalized. People, it got vandalized by Kobe stands. Yeah, like like who who wrote stuff like that? They didn't want LeBron to come to L.A. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, what? Why? You know, Kobe's this is not like, there anymore. This is probably like like it's like the Westboro Baptist Church where they just loom so large because people pay attention to it, but it's actually only like like a half a dozen people. Yeah. You know, like. This must be an extremely small contingent of insane people. That's insane. Yeah. Like, no one else can ever be good for the Lakers because of because it will tarnish Kobe somehow? Like, what? Yeah. The seventh best Laker of all time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, which which Lakers would you unequivocally put ahead of Kobe? Jerry West. Yep. Uh, Magic Johnson. Yep. Uh, Elgin Baylor. Sure. Uh, uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Yep. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Thank you. I was waiting for you to say that one. Uh, well, I'm sort of just jumping around by era uh, or whatever. Uh, probably Shaq. Yep. So that's six right there. Cool. I'm not even really thinking about it. Cool. Yeah. Would you put James Worthy ahead of him? Now, that's interesting. Would you put George Mike in ahead of him? No. Yeah, me neither. 
but it's a fun one because he did win a bunch of rings. I honestly uh, probably wouldn't put Wilt because of, because it's just to eat the, the longevity as a Laker. The longevity as the Laker, and yeah, yeah, the yeah. the the impact, you know, the overall legacy as a Laker. I mean, yeah. was Wilt a more dominant player in his era? Sure, sure. And if he yeah. had done his whole career in LA, he would obviously totally eclipse Kobe. But like, what? How, I don't even remember how long as he played a there Laker. For, yeah, 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 that seems fair. I mean, he won two rings, I think, right, or one with the Lakers, two with the Lakers. But yeah, okay, so that's fair. But I mean, it's not even close. The fact that we're asking James Worthy is very telling. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like not even close for like uh, Kareem or or Elgin or Jerry or, or Magic. Yeah, I act like I know them. Yeah, uh, we're on. We're on. Well, <laughs> speaking of Ke- uh, Jerry West, did you listen to the most recent Low Post? Oh no, was Jerry West on it? Yeah, they were. It was like uh, th- they were sitting around at summer league, and uh, and a Clippers contingent came by, and uh, and Jerry West was was chatting. Oh, with oh, I did hear that. I did hear that. Yeah, and uh, also Lawrence Frank, which I found very funny. Uh, but um, but yeah, it was. I really enjoyed that one. That was a fun one. Couple other things. Yes, uh, I did sir. too. A couple other things I want to touch upon. Sure. By the way, <clears throat> since we're actually doing podcasts, uh, I did want to mention this. I didn't know exactly how to bring it up, but uh, okay. look, this sounds great, dude. On on a recent Bill Simmons podcast, I, I don't want to say it was the <laughs> most recent because he puts out a podcast like every other so day. Often, yeah. yeah. But he was talking to some guy about the football off season. Oh, I didn't listen to that one. I skipped it. So, at a certain point, he talked about the unpredictability of the NFL season and how. You could realistically say that there were 17 teams that if things broke the right way uh, next year, they could end up in a su- in the Super Bowl, you know. Sure. And he he made this crazy argument where he's like, you see, all these people complaining about the Warriors in the NBA, I'd way rather have one dominant team so I know what to expect than something like this. What? Yeah. And it's like... Oh, man, I thought that was just, like, so idiotic. And it's just, like, he's just so in the bag for, the, like, what's going on in the NBA right now. Um, it just drove me crazy. Really, I, I have not been enjoying his thoughts lately. It's uh, like, are you kidding? Like, I would love, if you if you told me that there was realistically that more than half of the league had a chance of winning a title, I, I think that would be the most incredible thing. That would be so fun. Yeah. I mean, I would say the biggest problem with the NBA is that there's always only, I mean, the teams change, but there's always only a handful of teams because of how individual player dominant the league is. Yeah. And I mean, like, right now it's like, what, like three? <clears throat> if you're a fan of Orlando, are you yeah. ever going to win a championship? Ever? Yeah. I mean, barring some sort of miracle, like it doesn't yeah, seem likely. Barring the next LeBron James having to have been born at Disney World, I don't know that you're gonna <laughs> like, like you know what I mean? Because I thought it was really relevant, like what Zach Lowe said that like literally the only thing that Dan Gilbert has done well has done gotten right as an owner of an NBA team is that, and he wasn't even the one who did it, is that his franchise happens to be next to the city where LeBron was born. Yeah, yeah, that's very. Like, that's very he well, drove but... him away twice. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know what I mean. Like, and it's just like you're not like realistically. I mean, maybe I'll be you know uh, eating my words in a couple years, but like replace Orlando Magic with whoever. That the, there is, I think, as far as I remember, I think I'm remembering this correctly. More than half the league in the NBA has never won a title. Yeah, I think that's correct. And if you add the ones who have won it so long ago that it doesn't count, or the Kings who won it as Rochester, you know, yeah, like, like the Wizards, the Kings, yeah, it's the even Knicks. more. <laughs> the Knicks, I mean, it's it's 
it's crazy. Like, the Knicks they, won their last title, in, I think it was 1973. Uh, 74? But roughly. I mean, yeah. You know. uh, I think it was 74, but I'm, I'm not positive. I want to say 74 uh, was Boston, but it doesn't oh, matter. Was, oh, you know what? 74 was Boston. So I think you're right. I think it was 73. Good job, buddy. Thank you. Uh, 1973, world champion Willis Reed and the New York Knicks. There you go. Los Angeles Lakers. So that is a really, really long time ago. I mean, that yeah. is 45 years ago. It's before we were born. It's we're before. Old. It's a long before we were born. <laughs> we are old. Uh, so, like, you know what I mean? Like, I would much rather have the, the kind of parody that football has. Yeah. Where, you know, you, you and I, I, he said, oh, well, I like watching, uh, I just like watching great basketball. And it's like, so you're saying that they're, yeah, the, we've we've football discussed teams we have that seen fallacy. Great. Yeah, like well, beyond even if you think this is or isn't great basketball, it's not like the NFL doesn't have great teams show up. Like, you know, sure, yeah. But, but the fact that a, I mean, you know, and I mean the same thing did happen where the, not to make you sad, but the uh, 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 perfect Patriots did not win and the perfect Warriors did not win. Yep. But um, but I mean, it's just like it's now the case Patriots... that in every in every major American sports league, the team that has the record for the best ever regular season record did, did not, not win the championship. championship. Yeah. yeah, my Mariners are the, another one of those. Uh, we didn't even make the finals, but uh, <laughs> so which is incredible. Well, baseball but, is another uh, one where parody is is the parody in baseball is very is good. incredible. Yeah, um, and that's good because like, isn't the point that I might win? Like, I, isn't the point that like. I can get excited about next year. I can get excited about the young guys. I can get excited about the chance, the possibility. Yeah. And as oh, a fan, like great. everyone's like, well, there's always, yeah, there is a chance. Like yeah. you can be from Jacksonville and think like, Hey, you know, maybe Could something happen. will happen. What if Blake Bortles figures it out? Yeah. You know? Hey, they made the conference championship last year. Who knows? Exactly. You know, you just never know. And in basketball, it's like, nah, we all said it was going to be Warriors Cavs. It was, we all said the Warriors are going to win. They did. Yeah. Then they added another, We'll see coming off injury, but and then you texted the, the actually I would say this you texted your brother and I that uh, that Jimmy Butler was signing for the mid level with the Warriors <laughs> and and you, I you like guys both believed it I believed you yeah like it was plausible that's like that's the league that we're like watching right now it's yeah. like crazy so dumb like I just want I mean I don't know what they can do about it because fundamentally I do think that the nature of basketball is that it will always be hard. Uh-huh. You know, even in the '90s, where we say, "Oh, every team had these great players." Jordan still won eight, you know, six of the of the nine championships or ten championships, and and two other teams won the other ones or three other teams, right? Like, so it's it's not like uh, there's a, an obvious solution for this. But I to glorify it and say, "Oh, this is great. I like this better." I, I don't get that. I mean, you know, whatever, do your thing. But I just I I feel like he's I don't know. He's just been he's been like hot take central lately. And also, for so. some reason, he has chosen to really stand by the idea that uh, people who feel like the league is broken are wrong. And, uh, you know, the conspiracy theorist in me thinks, like, all these journalists that, that need access have to kind of, like, oh, yeah. toe a line of positivity. But also, like, yep. maybe he genuinely feels that way, which is just... I think he does, because he's been fired. But I mean, he's been, he lost his job for telling the truth about football at one point, right? Yeah, but how many times can that guy start his career over again? Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, he's older. I think you, you know, it gets harder. Yeah, fire goes a little bit. I don't know. I just have not been at all impressed with him lately, and and it makes me sad because I am a fan of a lot of his work. And, yeah, uh, I just haven't haven't been loving it lately. I mean, I still listen, so I, obviously I still am a fan. But like some of the I'll stuff be he listening says, again. Like, to. I'm yeah. just taking a little break. Sometimes I need a little break from him. Cool. The, the 
compelling. Excuse what me. else you got? Could you hear that? I just burped. <laughs> um, I I didn't hear it, but now thank you. You've told us all, so now. Hey guys, maybe, sorry, maybe I'm a human being like the rest of you. Play it again, see if they can hear it. I'll probably uh, probably edit it out. Uh, um, couple other things. Yes, sir. Uh, Warriors. Speaking of my hatred of the Warriors, yeah, I just want to bring up that Kevin Durant is still arguing with people on Twitter. Um, and I don't have the link, but uh, I'll send it to you when the podcast is done. This should be pretty easy to look up. But some high school kid posted up a thing of what he said were great two-way players who were incapable of leading their own team, and, and he there was a picture of Kevin Durant on it. And they literally went back and forth. Like, the exchange was probably, like, I don't know, 10 to 15 lines. Wow. Yeah. And the kid... You know, the kid's like, hey, I respect you, and I'm allowed to have my opinion. And Kevin Durant's like, well, I'm allowed to say what I think. And it's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what is I, I don't know. Whatever validation that dude is seeking, I just hope he finds it. I think that he not only broke the NBA, but he broke his own mind. And I don't know what it's going to take for this guy to uh, – be comfortable enough with who he is that he doesn't have to get in fights with teenagers on the internet, anonymous yeah. teenagers on the internet. But man, yeah. I I just can't believe it. I can't believe it, especially after it, what happened last time. Like as I still as as we as everyone listening to this podcast, all the regulars know, I still have a lot of love for KD, and uh, and I just hope he finds whatever. Like I said, I just hope he finds whatever. Uh, you know validation or whatever hole in him that he has met, talked about before, whatever it is that he, that winning a championship unsurprisingly did not solve, whatever is going on with him that, that makes him feel the need to do this, whatever leads him into these places. I just hope that he uh, figures it out. And I think it's, I, I will say this. I am so, this is not any kind of defense of anyone, but I am so glad that I don't have to, pro- and I certainly at his age didn't have to process all of whatever was going on with me in front of millions of people with that kind of like platform and voice. And I'm not, it's not an excuse. People do what they do, but like, man, I would have not handled it. Well, <laughs> like I'm just really, yeah, glad that I, I, was not I, I hear what you're saying to an extent, but, uh, not using it as an excuse. I'm just saying personally, I'm not saying that I, that means that Kevin Durant, we should cut him any slack or anything like that. I'm not saying that I'm just saying, man, I am glad I did not have to go through that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Let's all shed a tear for Kevin Durant. Not what I'm saying. He's the victim here. Not what I'm saying. Um, speaking of warriors that I don't like, who yeah. say things that drive me that crazy. You don't like. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to read this quote from Steph Curry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody says how we're ruining the NBA. It's the dumbest phrase. Everyone is trying to get better, and we just happen to be the ones who set the pace and narrative on how you need to structure your team. The West obviously got stronger with LeBron, but you still got to beat us. Uh, I don't know why the Warriors can't just admit that they they got lucky and were able to take advantage of something that other teams don't have access to. Because once again, the implication of this quote is that anyone can do what we did. We're just the ones that figured it out, figured it out, and now people just have to follow suit. It's like it's not ever going to happen again. You will never add a, a player of Kevin Durant's caliber to a 73-win team or something equivalent to that because it's impossible. It was only made possible because of a, a, a small one-year, one-off-season window. So that so, really annoyed me. I do want to remind you 
Oh my God, Arik! What? While I agree with with the general idea of what you're saying, that any team could have signed Kevin Durant that offseason, and so the that it, it they did not benefit from anything that any team that season could not have taken taken advantage of. So it is true that they. Uh, took advantage of a once in a lifetime, or probably once in a lifetime situation in the NBA. Like they took advantage of a of a, a, a you know a, a crazy moment in the history of the league. They did not have the only chance of taking advantage of that. He made a choice. They made sure that they had the space. Everything. But they else. had the so only I chance just, of taking advantage of it in the sense that they were the only team of their caliber. And I know they, they also lost put the finals, themselves but... in position to be that. I mean, they built that seventy three win team. I'm not for saying, sure. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't want to act like. I just don't think we should act like, like they, like they they uh, cheated. They they put themselves in position to take advantage of something that we wish they would not have been able to take advantage of because it ruined the league, right? We yeah. both agree. Am I that am, am I implying that they cheated? No, it's just I don't know. I feel like you you lean a little bit towards like they think anyone else can do it, and I don't think that that's. I think that I think that they seem to do that, but I don't know. You sometimes I don't know. I feel like you stray a little bit into like into like. No one else could have done this, and it's like no, everyone else could have done it. They didn't, and and I. But I no wish one else they could have done were, it because they were the, the only team with their caliber. Like yeah, like the the Wizards right. could have like signed Kevin. The Durant, Wizards could have wouldn't have made them the Warriors. better and been a better organization, and then done the same thing, right? If yeah, my point is if if there had been another seventy three, if ifs and team, butts were candies and nuts, then we'd all have a Merry Christmas. But I don't see what your point is. Like <laughs> that's an incredible expression. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not know that one? I, I think that's my first time on that one. Yeah, well, you're welcome. That is great. Yeah, that is absolutely wonderful. Uh, yeah, my point is just that there's a line here, and I I just think we we have the same general belief, but we are defining the line a little differently. Uh, I don't think that what they did was uh, unfair. I just think it was unfortunate. I think it was unsporting. I don't. I think, think it completely sucks, true. and it no, makes it's me not, hate it's them. It completely sucks, and it makes me hate them. But it's not unsporting. The point of being a pro franchise is to get better. Like in leagues that they have no uh, uh, salary caps in, uh, giant teams like Barcelona get all the best players. Yeah, you know, like I'm not. Uh, that's the goal of any team. The Warriors should absolutely have wanted Kevin Durant to join their team and should have done anything they can. And now the Knicks should be doing anything they can to get him to leave. Right. Like every team should be trying to build the best team they can. It just sucks for us. I just want to remind you, it just sucks what for happened us. To you, man? It doesn't suck for them. Who gave you the Kool Aid and why did you drink it? I did. I we're team. We're the same team here. Uh, I thought I knew you. <laughs> same team. Well, <laughs> uh, there's one other NBA story that I would sure. like to talk to you about before we go in a movie club. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Signed. I don't think it's sad. Everyone's acting like this is the most... It's just so little money. Yeah, but, I mean, after the season he had last year and with the... Yes, it's quite a fall from grace. And uh, a lot of people are putting a really negative spin on this, but I think it's a good thing. It's one year for a vet minimum. Is it one year or two? Uh, I believe it's one year. I thought it was a one and one. Uh, one? Maybe you're right. No, you could be right. Oh, no, yeah, one-year deal, Denver Nuggets. One-year deal with the Denver Nuggets. $2 million. I think it's great that he's found a team that he can actually, if he's healthy and if he can redeem himself, this is the absolute best place to do it. He's not going to start, but 
he can be an important part of a team that is going to be competitive and could potentially be better because of his his contributions. I I'm really excited to see what he does next year, and I really hope that this is the beginning of uh, of a new chapter or at least a turnaround on everything that's been going on with him for the last year, which has been really hard to watch. Yeah. I mean, I, I think all of those things, it's just that, uh, at no point is he ever going to be paid a hundred million dollars and no one deserves to be paid a hundred million dollars, but it, it, uh, it just sucks for him. You know, I mean, hopefully he'll like, but he was never, he was never going to get that hundred million dollars. You don't think so? No, he certainly thought so. Maybe I don't know. I think uh, you think the Celtics would never have paid it. I really, I would have been shocked. Even if he had stayed healthy. Even if he had stayed healthy, I would have been shocked. All right. Well, you are the Celtics whisperer. Uh, I'm. I'm just saying, two million is a lot less than what he would have gotten. Whatever he would have gotten. So maybe he'll get you know a nice deal next next year, more cap space around the league and stuff. But I mean, you know, he's not getting younger. He's got the injury. He's a short point guard. I I, I just don't know. I just. You know, it's a sad story, and and obviously, you know, similarly to the Warriors, the Celtics did the right basketball thing by trading him, but it was pretty cold. We've yeah. talked about that before. Yeah, it was cold. Um, yeah. But the Celtics are trying to win. Um, yeah, I agree. And I think even if he wasn't injured, they w- would have made the same deal. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the plan for them always with Isaiah was that he was kind of like a, a, a short-term rental because he doesn't fit really what they're trying to do. Because um, they've had sort of a vision for the type of team that they're trying to build uh, clearly since they brought Brad Stevens on. And mm. they've been moving on from that big three era. But you're right. There, there's so, there's obviously uh, uh, all, all the smart money says that he's probably – not going to have a remarkable career going forward. He's a little too old. The injury is a little sketchy. Uh, he did just have that surgery, and there might not be a big payday in his future, but um, he does have an opportunity here, and uh, uh, you know you can't really ask for a, a lot more than that, and, and I hope he has a good year, and I'm really excited to see what happens. Yeah, agreed. I would put this down as a positive Isaiah Thomas story. Uh, oh yeah, 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 it is. It just it, it it still twinges some Isaiah, you know, remaining sadness. Sure, sure. A lot of a uh, lot of broken hearts out there for Isaiah. Yeah, I got a lot of love for Isaiah. Seattle's own. Well, more doesn't sound like there's Tacoma's. a lot of room for love in your heart with Tacoma's all the love own. you have for the Warriors. <laughs> Tacoma's I knew I knew where that was going. <laughs> You're a little too absolutist this uh, this week, my man. Absolutist. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the moment for the summer, all of our fan have been waiting for for the summer. We decided that we would, uh, since we didn't have any, uh, a basketball season to talk about, we would talk about basketball movies. Yeah. Uh, last week, uh, we told you all about, uh, the extremely entertaining, uh, uncle drew. And this mm-hmm. week we watched a movie called uh, Eddie, starring Whoopi Goldberg, from 1996, about a lifelong New York resident slash Nick fan who improbably gets the opportunity of a lifetime to coach the New York Knicks. Uh, Art, what did you think of this film? 
Uh, I went back and forth on the line of like liked it or didn't like it, and I landed on didn't like it. Okay. Um, uh, there are still, some that's positive... kind of a lukewarm didn't like. So you didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. There were some things I enjoyed. Okay. The uh, Donald Trump it. cameo. That was really funny because of I I enjoy is a strong word, but like. It's so crazy to me that even in 1994, people were making the point that this dude claims to have invented everything and is full of hot air. Yeah. Right. Back then, everybody knew he was a punchline. He was a one. Yeah. It really feels like he didn't understand the context of that of he was in on that the punchline. Yeah. That he was not in on the punchline. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of amazing. I mean, he it it kind of blew my mind. Like, just think about it now. In the context of what everything that has happened, it's kind of amazing. And he was in, you know, he was a cameo in a lot of movies because in that era, right? Like, cause he was yeah. trying to stay relevant yeah. or whatever. So it, it it is really just kind of He's in The Little Rascals. I mean, he's in Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so I, if we're doing, like, kind of opening statements, I would say that um, Eddie uh, was... Opening statements? How long do you think we're going to talk about this movie? <laughs> <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> It is a rough, rough ride. Uh, there were things I enjoyed. There were some, you know, Whippy Goldberg was was pretty great, as always. Uh, but, um, oh, man. And it was fascinating to see some of the, you know, um, uh, uh, basketball players and, and, mm-hmm. and cameos and stuff. But, uh, oh, man, the, there's some serious uh, problems with the film uh, of all kinds. And but I also did really enjoy the money numbers that they shouted out uh, that they mentioned. It's like crazy how far how much things have changed. Since oh then. yeah, like because uh, that was I remember Larry Johnson was getting paid eighty five million dollars. Yeah, and it was probably like a you know it was probably like a seven year seven deal. year yeah and like the seemed... fact that Stacey Patton in the movie was making forty three thousand dollars a game. Yeah, which means he was making three point five million dollars a year, which is like <laughs> barely like it's not even double the minimum now. Yeah. Um, like it, it's just kind of crazy, but. Uh, it, and and I mean you know the acting is pretty awful, especially uh, Ivan the Russian guy who played by some basketball player really trying to pretend to be Russian. Um, yeah, Dwayne uh, Shinsia. So yeah. he's not supposed to be Russian. He's supposed to be Georgian. Oh, okay. Excuse me. Like that Georgia, is... the country. Yeah, yeah. So like Georgia. I thought that was just Vlade <laughs> that they were talking about. Oh, I guess because they were. That's why they knew each other. Uh, there were some funny moments, and there were some nice moments. The Rick Fox stuff was kind of nice, but. I mean, by and large, it was... Oh, and I love the fact that uh, the dude who played the owner of the Knicks and Whoopi Goldberg met on that movie and dated for, like, a really long time. Really? Yeah. Frank Langella and Whoopi Goldberg dated? For a really long time. Crazy. For like, uh They met on that movie, and they dated from 1996 to 2001. Wow. Yeah. That's... So that must have been her uh, uh, post-Ted uh, Danson relationship i mean that is just crazy to me that is pretty wild yeah like it's amazing i love it i love everything about it so you know it it was just a uh oh she dated timothy dalton that's awesome um you know it's uh it was rough it was really really rough yeah was, um and and we both watched it by the way on dvd i want everyone to know out there we both watched it on dvds that are so old so you can't find this movie anywhere <laughs> not on any streaming services it's not anywhere we both watched it on dvds that are sold that they were not even anamorphic which means for those who are not 
video nerds, uh, that there was a black bot bars on both the sides and the top of yeah. the movie. It's like a window in the middle of the Yeah, it basically is like a, a, a shrunken down thing. Um, and yeah. some, some TVs let you zoom in on those, uh, yeah. but mine doesn't. Yeah, it was that. Yeah. And I, there's a reason why you can't easily find the movie. It's it's not great. Yeah, you're being <laughs> extremely charitable. This this movie is like bad. It's um, bad. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Uh, there there is some uh, fun to be had seeing all the 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 there's so, all the the teams that they play are are actual NBA teams. So you see a lot of a lot of players from from the era. You know, <clears throat> so it's funny to see like. You know, Vinny Del Negro, Dennis Rodman, Brad Doherty. Yeah, uh, Avery, Br- Avery, Avery Johnson. Or Avery Johnson, I mean. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Rambis is in it, uh, not as a player, but as a, a some some person with the uh, 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 Lakers. Yeah. Uh, young Marv Albert, uh, younger than he is now, uh, Walt Frazier. Um, but that's pretty much it. I, I, I like Whoopi Goldberg. I've probably seen the movie Ghost. 25 times <laughs> uh, mostly from when i was a kid and it was always yeah. on uh, hbo yeah but whoopi's great in that she's so funny yeah um yeah she used to be she used to be one of the biggest like movie stars in america which is kind of she, yeah it, it's amazing yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird to think about because i i watching this movie i'm kind of trying to remember what her appeal was you know she's not she's not really that funny in this movie oh no i thought she was funny i, I thought she was the best part about the movie uh, she's got some moments, but, um, I, was, uh, I, I liked her okay, by the way well, that do you, uh, on letterboxd, the movie has been watched by 1.9 thousand people, like 1,960 people, uh-huh. 67 of them have said they liked it. Wow. But, but there is, there's a five star review that says, this is the only movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it would take. It's pretty great. Um, this movie is bad. Like, what? How did we? So why let's talk I about some of the stuff being... that doesn't work. Uh, Good. The team. Oh, the ending. The, well, the ending. Well, we'll get there. So, okay. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. So the this movie just like it's funny when you watch Major League, they yeah. don't condescend to the audience, but they do try to make it feel like you're watching like an actual baseball team. Right. So they don't they don't oversimplify the sport. They just kind of trust people to sort of from context understand what's going on, you know? Uh this film either they didn't really care about how basketball works or they <laughs> they just felt like the audience was too dumb to understand. And uh oh shoot, there's like there's there's the ending, but there's another really really good example of of that's of uh something where it's like that's not Oh basketball but i'm not even talking about what you're talking about about the ending we're gonna spoil the hell out of this movie nobody cares no one cares seriously nobody cares uh if you haven't seen eddie and really don't want to be spoiling eddie stop listening now this will be the last thing on the show uh but like the fact that the 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 fact that the final play uh, i'm sorry not before the final play the fact that uh that the point that the strategy of the uh, uh uh charlotte hornets was to injure someone like yeah. suddenly the movie becomes like like the you know the the evil basketball team, but the Charlotte Hornets are a real team. <laughs> like Larry Johnson was playing in the game, like, but they're intentionally injuring the star player, the aging star player of the Knicks. Well, they're like, 
Yeah. No, they intentionally went for his knee twice. Yeah. That was pretty messed up. Like, that's messed up, but also, like, where did that come from? Like, this was supposed to be a movie about actual basketball to some degree. I remember right? the other thing that's, like, so non-basketball that I thought was really what funny. Is so the the star – there's, like, the old star player in the Knicks um, yeah. who is injured. Played by, so John, that, played by John Sally. Yes. Uh, and he's actually, I think, of all the athlete performers, probably the best probably one. Probably the best. Yeah, the, probably. The, one of the reasons the movie stinks. Like, you know, in the gold standard of sports movies, Major League, uh, all the actors playing the athletes are awesome. Actual actors. You have yeah. Wesley Snipes, Charlie yeah. Sheen, Tom yeah. Berenger, Corbin Tom Bernstein. Berenger. Yeah, they're all great. And they're all funny. And they all have – they play characters and it works, you know. In this, you yeah. have, you know, Mark Jackson playing – basically himself oh, and he's he is so awful. bad awful he is the worst um he's the worst of he, all of them yeah he he can't act at all it's kind of amazing that that they kept using oh, him i would have thought after one day of filming they would have said hey man sorry this just is not working greg ostertag is also actually pretty terrible uh yeah um yeah they're they're all pretty bad uh malik seeley uh rest in peace um plays Stacey Patton, the star of the Knicks, who plays very selfishly. Yeah. And Unfortunately, not his greatest acting job either. No. So, like, at one point, Whoopi Goldberg, coaching Knicks, gets, like, really frustrated and is like, that's it. I'm benching you. And as soon as yeah. they take him out of the game, everyone's like, oh, my God. And then that's like, Stacey Patton has been benched for the first time all season. And it's like... Like he would have played 48 minutes every game. game yeah. Every- it's like... <laughs> It's like this isn't the way that basketball works. Like, not even like, not even like. It's just like again, like like audiences understand. Like, it's not like if you went and saw that with like you know your grandmother and she'd be like, why, why isn't he playing the whole game? You know, like people aren't. Stupid. Yeah, we pay him for forty eight minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then at the end of the game, and this is maybe a little bit more nitpicky but like the the final play of the game like the only basketball rule that they keep hammering in this movie is the fact that if you move your feet when you're trying to draw a charge you'll get called for a foul if you plant yeah. your feet and stay vertical it'll be an offensive foul yeah um and uh there's a the the previous mentioned uh russian slash jordan uh played by another uh, uh deceased former player um yeah uh finally does it correctly and draws a charge uh on on the the hornets uh, last attempted play and then the clock runs out and everyone starts celebrating and it's like no that's a that's a foul you you stop the clock after a foul i know like maybe that wouldn't have been the most like elegant thing and they just were like well <laughs> let's just end the movie here cuz they i don't know it's like watching a baseball movie and like there's like like two strikes and they end the game. It's just it just was so weird to me. It's like, wait, what are you what are you doing? This isn't this isn't the way that basketball works. Like this is like a very basic thing and I feel like most people watching it I mean maybe in the nineties people weren't as like nitpicky with like basketball rules, but I feel like if this movie came out today, people would be like, What the heck is going on? This is not the way the sport works. Yeah, I mean I, I yeah, I think it was a, a different era. Um yeah, the the other thing I will say yeah, is that just like it's funny because like we just saw a movie where where uh, uh, basketball players, uh, professional athletes did a really great job and it was super entertaining and they brought a lot of 
charm and charisma and, and were arguably the most appealing thing about the entire film. Um, and, and in this case, it was just the exact opposite. Like, again, like I'll give John Sally, Sally, like a little bit of credit. He was like pretty good, but everyone else was like pretty awful. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this, this, besides Whoopi Goldberg, like there was no, like, Oh, I like Richard Jenkins too. He plays the uh, Knicks assistant, assistant coach. I actually, yeah, he did pretty good. I enjoyed a little bit. Uh, I, I thought the woman who this is so random, but the woman who played Rick Fox's estranged wife, <laughs> I thought she did a pretty good job. Really reaching uh, there. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really. Yeah, am. There was an extra uh, in the first scene in a red shirt. <laughs> really, really great. <laughs> really gave it their all. I mean, it it's bad, and it 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 it's also it it's long. It's yes. like one forty-five, maybe, and it's like. I mean, it it drags like in the middle pretty bad, and like there's really I mean the team like literally like she doesn't know what to do. They're losing, and then someone tells her you should do you should be more helpful to people, which is not what a basketball coach does, <laughs> and try to like solve Rick Fox's marital problems and um, uh, uh, teach Yvonne uh, English, to which she. He's giving those as examples. She literally only does those two things. And uh, immediately, by the way... Well, and she benches the selfish star player. Eventually, yeah. But by the next day, she is fluent in Russian. Right? Like, she just starts talking to him in Russian. Like, she learns enough Russian to tell him, like, pretty complicated basketball stuff by the next day. Yeah. Like, it's just... It's... It's... It's a mess, and like in the the world of film, the 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 difference between like a bad basketball coach and a good basketball coach is like, it's like players will do every possible thing to ignore their coach, and you just have to get through to them like they're they're children with learning disabilities. Yeah, to teach them these extremely extremely basic things about basketball, which are the difference between success and failure. I mean, she literally has a player on her team who will not pass the ball. Not like, not like, oh, when we call someone a black hole or we say, like, someone is not, you know, they don't have a highest assist. Yeah, not, yeah, not like Russell Westbrook. Like, literally won't pass it. We won't pass the ball. He has a .1 assist rate, which I don't even know what that would, how that would happen. Uh, that would that, be an that assist. Is mentioned. One every ten, out of t- every ten games? One assist out of every ten games? Right. Is that, wouldn't that be a, a – wouldn't that his assist rate be one, oh, one out of every – zero and then one every ten games? Yeah. Jesus. Anyway, like, and he she solves it by bringing his mom. Oh my god! I do actually. I you know what? Gary Payton, not a great acting job, but I enjoyed seeing him in the playground scene. Yeah, I forgot that he was in it. Uh, also, yeah, I forgot really that John great. DiMaggio, the voice of Bender, was in the film. Do you know who he was? No, who was he? He's like the construction worker that oh gave yeah, uh-huh, his the season one tickets to his to his wife. wife. Yeah, yeah, and then can't get him back from his yeah wife. exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The friend who they never really spend any time with or show at all. Whoopi Goldberg's friend? Yeah. yeah. Like, I think she's just there to establish, like, her heterosexuality since they don't give her a love interest. They have, Well, they have her ex, her dead husband, right? Yeah, who played by Perd Happily. Yeah. Who's, like, you know, who was the one who he, he also loved basketball and coaching. But that's at the very end of the movie that they it's show late. him. It is late yeah. in the film, yeah. It. Oh, my God. I just... It's the more we talk about it, the less I even. I mean, I was trying. I was being charitable. It is, <laughs> it is 
pretty aggressively bad. It's I don't hate the movie. There's enough there that I just don't like it. But uh, but it I, is. I think there's something to be said for just like the nostalgic again, just seeing all those players and remembering that time, not just in basketball, yeah. but that time in culture. Yep. Um, yep. There's Agreed. some entertainment to be had there, but it's it is it is a a movie that really doesn't respect its audience that moves at a glacial pace and is yeah. pretty joyless. Um, yeah. There's like, so. ugh, there's the guy on the team who's supposed to be funny because he's dumb and he just like stinks. Oh my God. He's like trying to figure out who that's Greg. Oster, is. That's Greg Ostertag. That's Greg Ostertag. Okay. And uh, uh, yeah, the, the Russian guy is just, that's not funny. They, they're, it's a, just like a really bad character of like the, Hey, laugh at this like foreign person uh yeah like mark jackson as the uh extremely uh, pious uh preacher uh which he's also in real life uh is not funny because he's just awful um yeah i i i really wouldn't recommend this to anyone except for uh someone who who's really really fascinated by by nba curiosities um like this movie makes uh, Celtic Pride look like Dumb and Dumber, just in terms of <laughs> overall comedy quality. Like it's just, it's just not funny. I was gonna ask you if you thought that this was uh, director Steve Rash's best movie because it, you know if it was his first movie, and he'd be a, an example of that thing. But it was neither his first new movie nor well, it might be his best movie. He did like two. Well, of Can't Buy Me Love is considered a classic. He did Can't Buy Me Love. That's yeah. gotta be it. Um, he did two yes. of the Bring It On films. He did a road trip sequel. Yeah, he did he, a lot of his like later career is just doing uh, uh, sequels to franchises. Like he did an American Pie. Yeah, oh, he American did American Pie, Pie presents Bandcamp. Yeah. Yep. But the Buddy Holly story and Can't Buy Me Love are both considered pretty good. Son in Law. I don't care what you say. I think that's a funny movie. I don't know if I've ever seen Son in Law. It's the Polly Shore one where he. Uh... Oh yeah, no, I have not. I have not seen it, but also no. Dude, Paul Shore uh, has some funny movies. I do. I don't love the the wheeze. I don't. I'm not a fan of Mr. Shore's work. Uh, <laughs> so okay. So Mr. What are Shore we watch? was my dad's name. <laughs> what are we gonna watch next? Um, God, can we watch something good? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, we could jump. We could really jump from extreme and like pick one of the great one of the greats. Um. Uh, well, what do you think? I don't know. It's I so uh I guess we should try to at least wa- watch some, for some reason I think we should watch Above the Rim, but I've never seen that movie. I'd watch that. All right. So we should we do that one? Yep, let's call it right now. Above All the right. Rim. All right. Yeah. Above the Rim starring Tupac Shaker. Tupac Shaker. Tupac Shaker. <laughs> uh yeah, excited. All right. Cool. Great. So uh yeah, it, it, to 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 summarize, Eddie no eddie yeah i'd say out of four basketballs i give it like one basketball oh yeah we should have a rating system is that the rating system what do you think that's cool wait so what do the four basketballs mean because five is is how i typically would do it four basketballs is a slam dunk (laughs) yes four basketballs is a slam dunk three basketballs basketball is a layup okay Okay. Two two basketballs is a uh Hmm. Two basketballs is like a like a like a eighteen footer. So should they all be like scoring plays? No, I'd say two basketballs. You have to start two and one have to be bad. One is like you get posterized, 
right? I think one is like, yeah. I think no basketballs is you got dunked on. Okay. One, no basketballs is you got posterized. One basketball is like a, a, a travel. A travel and two is a turnover. Sure. And then three is a, is a, a, layup. a layup and four is a slam dunk. Yeah. So I would give this a two. You, you traveled. I'd give it a one. I'm sorry, a one. You traveled. Yeah. Not zero. You wasn't posterized. I didn't hate it, but one. One no, basketball. It's not, it's not like there are films that are the just most like, complicated aggressively racist. awful. <laughs> Nothing like unnecessary. I can't wait for someone to be like, did you guys really come up with that on the spot? That was amazing. <laughs> Spoiler alert, that never happened. <laughs> yep, that will never happen. Uh, cool. Uh, yeah, well, so, um, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm enjoying this summer of basketball. I'm actually really looking forward to watching Above the Rim. I've heard it's yeah, not that too. great, but... um. I haven't seen it in a really long time. No. So, but yeah, it's that is another like '90s curio. Yeah, are yeah, we yeah, just we'll, doing we'll all keep... '90s basketball movies? No, we won't we... only do '90s. We'll watch. You know, we got Celtic Pride point, coming up. We got uh, White Men Can't the... Jump. Are we gonna watch the the fish that saved Pittsburgh? Ugh, I don't know. She he got game. Uh he got game. I find to be kind of exhausting, but I guess we yeah, uh, everything everything, we'll everything is on the watch. table. Everything's, everything's on the table. table. We'll go. We're gonna go as we go. Well, Air Bud, our... whichever Air Bud it is that he plays basketball. Is that the first Air Bud? I don't know. Oh, there's Slam Dunk Ernest. Oh, my God. Heck really? Yeah. Oh, yes. You okay, the believe first it. Air, the first oh, Air Bud. You don't know who's in Slam Dunk Ernest? Is it not Ernest? Uh, well, starring uh, Jim Varney and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we got to watch My Giant. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, and don't forget Team Wolf. Oh, we're definitely watching Teen Wolf. 100% watching Teen Wolf. We should just maybe ignore the next basketball season and just keep doing basketball. <laughs> and that is how Playground Rules becomes a bad movie podcast. <laughs> it's like the law of averages. Like all podcasts eventually just become bad movie podcasts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if this is uh, as entertaining as a lot of the bad movie podcasts out there. Because we no. basically just said that we did not like it. <laughs> we didn't like it. We didn't even really make fun of it. No. Um, that's not our style. We got warm hearts. Yeah, we do. We we wanted to like it. I did. I really did. And I I yeah. I, 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 I saw it for the first time like uh, almost ten years ago yeah. when an, an old roommate gave it to me, and I was like, "Oh, that's really nice of you." And I remember watching it and thinking, "Like, oh, this is neat." Yeah. Um, but I think I was like, I must have been like doing had it in the background because there's no yeah, way I sat and watched that. Full attention. Yeah. I this is my favorite thing about this. I bought the DVD from Amazon for like five dollars. But it was so – you had to buy something else that was over a certain value before they would send it to you. Wow. What other thing yeah. did you get? Uh, that is a good question. You want me to actually look it up? I could do it pretty quickly. I'm surprised you can't remember. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I bought something. I hope you didn't buy it during the Amazon boycott. <laughs> Wait, there was, was there an Amazon boycott? Yeah, the workers went on strike for a livable wage, and people weren't supposed to buy anything off Amazon during the strike. Oh. All right. Uh, no, it was not during that. Uh yeah, I can't find it. But I bought it, yeah, five dollars. Cool. Not not worth it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh I don't know that I'll ever watch this movie again. No. Mm-mm. No. Great. I can't really Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see you on Friday. Uh oh for the for for My Bloody Valentine. My Bloody Valentine slash your birthday. Slash me turning even older than I already am. Even, which is pretty even older. Old. Yeah, is your brother coming to that? He will be there. A lot of people are going to be there. 
Oh, yeah? You got, like, a crew? Well, I invited you and one other person, and Martin invited about uh, seven people, so... (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a lot of people there. Well, that sounds great. I can't wait either. Um, And and you you know who's going to be in town tomorrow? I don't. Our former trivia teammate who lives in Arkansas. Oh, really? Yeah. For how long? Uh, He's in town for, like, the week, but tomorrow's the only night he can hang out. Oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, what day is tomorrow? It's this Monday. is no longer compelling radio for anyone. Yeah. We will say goodnight. Yeah, you guys have a great day. Uh, don't go watch Eddie, but maybe watch Above the Rim. We'll get back yeah, to you don't, on that. Don't, don't watch, yeah, we'll get back to you on that. But don't go watch Eddie. Unless, and if, you were, if you've been following along and watching what we watch, so you could know, then I'm sorry. That you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're all in it together. We suffered yeah, with we're you. We're all in this together, guys. <laughs> Bye. All here. Night.